Welcome to Translate This, a podcast about language, culture, life, and the hilarity of it all. At least, maybe we think it's funny, Richard. We always think it's funny. We do. We have a good yeah. time. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Excited for our next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you who uh, have, are joining us for the first time, we present each of us each week, we present an episode to each other that uh, the other one doesn't know what we're talking about. And sometimes we don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> but we go with the flow. And we go. We we do the wonder mode. We're just wondering. We stuff. do. We do. And uh, our podcast is brought to us by Barbier International, who pays our paychecks. And you can find us at translate this dash podcast dot com, or on Facebook at translate this podcast, or at the user on Facebook, which is at translate dot this dot podcast. Or on Instagram at translate this underscore podcast. And I decided to put those in the front instead of the end of the podcast this year, this week. Uh, and uh, my name is Melissa. For those of you not knowing who I am, that's probably a good thing that you know now. My name is Melissa. And I'm Richard. And for some reason, when you were saying translate this, which is the name of our podcast, yeah, I thought, are we supposed to like grab our crotch? It's <laughs> like translate this? Is that part of the logo, or we don't do that? We can. Translate this, buddy. <laughs> Actually, uh, that, there was some inspiration about translate this when uh, we thought about that. Because, you know, that yeah. kind of does fit our quasi-New York personalities. Yeah. You know, it's like, go to hell if you don't like us. Exactly. Well, <laughs> we probably lost. <laughs> don't go to hell. The Send us send us a comment oh at God. least why We've we want some feedback. The last of our listeners now. You've just <laughs> told the audience to go to hell. Yeah. Okay, no, that's not good. Yeah. All right. So actually, ironically, today's topic is about podcasts. <laughs> oh wow, nice. Yeah. So right. we've been talking about a, a few different things, and if you've been following our our little uh, expression here on what we think is a is a podcast i started thinking well why are we not discussing what is a podcast because podcasts are still relatively new even though yes. they've been out for over a decade but they're still relatively new for many people and they're discovering them daily and we have to understand that they're evolving they the definition evolving. of one evolves and so that is a really good question because the answer evolves right that was my first question Ooh. to you is what is a podcast, in your opinion? A podcast, well, if you want to get, actually be technical, to be correct, I guess, is a, is a recorded interaction or monologue regarding any specific topic. And it is streamed online or, or uploaded online for people to listen to. I can say okay, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So my next question to you is, why do we podcast? Because, well, obviously, we all have many different reasons, but the most selfish reason is we like to hear ourselves talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're being very truthful, aren't you? Yeah. And if we have zero listeners, we do it anyway That's because true. we like to hear ourselves. But, but you no, know, actually, uh, let's, let's stay on that yeah. note because we have no idea, mm -hmm. as does anyone really, how many listeners they have out there, uh, you know, when they're going into a podcast because it's constantly changing. I think there's yeah. a way to track that. Producer Lauren would let us know. But we're mm -hmm. so new to podcasting. I haven't even thought about that. Like, I, I would love listeners, 
but I am myself a mm -hmm. listener of podcasts. Yes, same same here. Right. So I subscribe to various ones mm -hmm. and and they entertain me, but they mm -hmm. also fulfill other other things for me, which I'm going to get to in my research today. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, I always try to do as much uh, primary resource research, you know, coming into these podcasts. So I, one, mm -hmm. uh, can actually understand my topic better because right. I'm learning along with our audience mm -hmm. as to what it is that we're discussing. And I have obviously set opinions, but why do I podcast and why do we podcast? Yeah. We like, mm -hmm. we like doing this, but I also think that I like podcasting because I feel like I can be part of the process. I can mm -hmm. be part of the online community mm -hmm. and discuss topics. And yeah. hopefully I can give back to other listeners what I get from other podcasts too. Mm -hmm. like for me, it's like a give and take thing. Yeah. You know, again, we uh -huh. don't know anybody's listening to our podcast, right. but, uh, but I do think that it's, there's some, for me, a, a connection mm -hmm. with uh, on a global scale with people out there. So yeah. by my putting my voice, it makes me feel part of the world. Definitely. Definitely. And to think that when everybody starts off with a podcast, they're imagining a few people, but with the potential of millions. Yeah. And, and that's exciting. Yeah, that, it is. Right. That we don't need sponsors. We don't need, um, mm -hmm any any expensive you know uh radio station to broadcast us and that's what's right. the exciting part of it i also was just thinking about more in depth of that the answer to that question about how more of a representation of of this generation that we that podcasts allow us to express our innermost thoughts and publish them and we're living in the generation where our innermost thoughts are verbalized and not repressed, not oppressed, that we're encouraged to to express them. And podcasts is an outlet for that. And I think it's, in the end, it's good. I mean, we, we all have to filter out what we need to hear and what we don't need to hear, but it's out there. And I think in terms, especially like mental health, in terms of analyzing what we're doing in our lives, I think it's a good tool to yeah. use to listen to and to speak. And I think all of those things are incredibly valid and we could do from just the few sentences there, we could actually do five more podcasts off of and going down each vein yeah. of those things. Mm -hmm. So I had to narrow it down because yeah. I was sitting there. So I'm a huge Burt Bacharach fan. Oh, yeah. For Always those that don't know. Yeah, I love him, uh, especially his earlier work. So I was thinking I was writing this and I'm in my head hearing the song Alfie. And but I'm like, you know, the the what's this all about, Alfie? And I'm like, okay. what's this all about podcast? So oh, that's 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 my right. little shtick today is I'm thinking, what's this all about this podcast? Great. Uh so for those of you who like Burt Backrack, you can play that out there uh while you're thinking about this. And I wanted to narrow down what it was that I wanted to think about yeah. in terms of this genre. Mm -hmm. Because it is a genre for art, it's a genre for expression, it's a genre for communication. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the things that you touched on, mental health, uh, and what I touched on, connection to community, mm -hmm. uh, but also the sake, just the sake of doing it, that we like listening to mm -hmm. our voices, we like listening to other voices, yeah. and that's for art's sake, right? right. And that is, uh, and I want to be very clear, that's not an ego statement. Mm -hmm. That is just, a, if for you, if people are creators, mm -hmm. they understand that 
perspective. It's literally engaging and joining in the conversation, making art with others. Yes. And some may not consider our podcast art, but I I do. I Conversations consider, art. I do. I consider right? it art. So yeah. uh, so for me, that's that's what a lot of it's about. But I wanted to to quote some information here that I had started researching. Okay. And this is the podcast and the idea of them being the next form of communication is is something that people have been discussing for a while. And I found something uh, as far back as 2008 from global papers, uh, one in particular, the Economic Times in India. Okay. And so I thought that's a great source because people, I think, for the most part, are probably very U.S. centric when they think of podcasts mm -hmm. because many popular ones come from the United States, okay. but they forget that there's a global community. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm stressing global. Yeah. There are podcasts in probably almost every language out there yeah. for many different topics for mm -hmm. different reasons and whatnot. And I think sometimes global, like on the, on the present scale, people will go to the most known or well-known podcasts and they don't think, oh, I have not even thought and considered that there are podcasts in India, there are right. podcasts in Japan, there's podcasts in Uruguay. I mean, mm. you know, anywhere, right? Anywhere. There, there's, they're everywhere. Definitely. So according to this article uh, in 2008, they were promoting podcasts as the advantages being they're a marketing tool because they allow human voice to inflict tone and, con and convey emotion. So that was one thing that I gathered. In the early stages, it wasn't maybe necessarily so much about connection mm -hmm. and information or dissemination of information. It was about marketing. Okay. Podcasts were about promoting your business. Mm, interesting. And then I read some other uh, information. This is coming off Forbes magazine as they published in 2021 that 125 million people are expected to listen to one each month. Hmm. by 2022. Okay. And they said that uh, if that happens, it'll demonstrate a 25% growth since 2020. Wow. And that other people have been asking, why are they becoming more popular? Mm -hmm. Well, we all know we have just are on the tail end. We're in the endemic, right? Yes. Of the pandemic. Yeah. We're on the tail end of this pandemic, right. knock on wood. And we are, what producer Lauren has told us, we are in the era of pandemics. Mm -hmm. So we will continue to see situations, unfortunately, due to things that none of us can control, just the the way that life will go in, in global scale right. here forward mm -hmm. in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. We're going to see more situations like this. We're going to see many more pandemics that it's predicted to see. Right. I think we're adapting as a human species. Which is necessary. Which is necessary. And, and the isolation of the pandemic mm -hmm. was so lethal. And, and I use that word yeah. specifically. Yeah, good word. Yeah, it was it was very lethal, and and because of that, I I know that there was a huge uptick in people escaping, uh, and connecting and reengaging in life mm -hmm. through podcasts. Yeah, and not just yeah. the people doing them, obviously the listeners. Uh, and then I also read, according to the website Make Use of, they assert that one reason the podcasts are becoming more popular is their convenience. Mm -hmm. Right, it As, is. Right, it's very convenient, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is yeah. It, our listeners can uh, they can go to audio episodes while they're running, cooking, mm -hmm. cleaning, and you know many other scenarios, mm -hmm. and they offer an easy way to absorb information while doing something else. 
definitely true. Why don't yeah. you speak a little about that? Um, about the ease of yeah, like podcasting? your experience in that. What because you listen? How many podcasts are you subscribed to about now? Oh, I mean, not that many actually. I probably have like five that I listen to regularly, and yeah, they generally revolve around sports because it's my escape. You know, my mental escape. Yeah, I like to, especially when I'm cooking. I like to listen to it when I'm cooking. I don't have to watch anything. Mm-hmm. And um, if I'm working all day, I put on something with sports as an escape. Um, it's a really nice transition to get out of work or anything that I'm involved in. But I have listened to other topics, other um, genres, right? But uh, podcasts, and I don't, I didn't. They didn't seem to stick with me because um, I would get so involved with them. Like when I'm watching a TV show, a series, it gets very involved, and I think I prefer listening to something where I can do other things at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just me compartmentalizing my life. You know, when does because I love watching. I'm a visual person. I'm, mm-hmm. I also majored in film studies, so I love films. I love TV series. So I'm not going to exactly sit on the couch for an hour, two hours and just listen to a podcast. No. That's not my style. But I will, like I said, when I'm traveling or cooking or something. And uh, so the ease of listening to it is great when I'm doing something else. And then you asked me about the ease of creating a podcast. Yeah, also. but I have to interject right now. Yeah. Um, my My phone is listening and my phone just told me when you said, that we were going to sit on the couch for two hours. It said, uh-huh. I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> wait, wait, who said you can't do that? My iPhone. <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's it's listening. It's listening to... We have a listener, Richard. That's my oh, point. We have, we have uh, an audience Siri? member. Is it Siri? Siri is Siri listening. Siri is our first listener. <laughs> it's our awesome. first listener. Welcome, Siri. That's awesome. But, but, but uh, Siri just told us that, uh-huh. that, that Siri cannot sit on the couch for two hours and listen to our podcast. <laughs> Is that ser- we just are you got rejected serious? by Siri. Are you serious? I'm oh serious. Siri's just rejected us. Okay. So well, no, we gotta, sorry, I can't do that. got to get her back somehow. <laughs> About an hour on the couch. Is that Maybe, okay, I Siri? Hope, yeah, I'm anyway, I'm sorry. I had to. I want to see that later on. I have That's it on my phone. Okay. Take a screenshot. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely. Oh, that's well, funny. Well, there you go. Maybe she's like me. She needs visuals perhaps yeah so mm-hmm. so let's take that as a as a little jumping off okay. point there all right now when we grew up mm-hmm. did you have parents that limited your television time or did you do that with your children i did it oof. i did it with the my children when they were young but mm-hmm. then it became with my children were basically they're gen z so they grew up with the phone in their hand, you know, my kids around nine, 10 years old, they got their first phone, yeah, um, flip phones first, and then eventually smartphones. So when you say limiting screen time, it's also, can you limit their phone time? And that's hard when they become teenagers. Right. I kind of gave up. Again, I consider myself as a parent, like, where are we doing? Like, what are we... <laughs> How are we supposed to raise these kids now? You know, kind of uh, experimenting. Yeah. Me taking with our phones away seemed like cutting their arm off. It's futile. Yeah. So cutting, limiting screen time during that age, their l- later ages became um, 
futile. Okay, but what about yeah. you? Were you uh, restricted in terms of television? Did your parents tell you you only have so many hours a week, or were you? I was. They sure they they you know it was mainly bedtime. Go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then I got smart and I went to bed, but then I snuck into my parents' See, room and started terrible. watching more TV. You're a terrible child. Well, they put the, they put a second TV in their room and so they you know, were you're blaming so, them. You're like, yeah. oh, it's their yeah. fault. It's there. But I'm a kid. It's, you're not, you're not blaming yourself for not following the rule and staying in your bed where you were supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. That's well, funny. Actually, I have a story about that okay. too. They gave me a TV when I was little, a little black and white television. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was probably nine years old uh-huh. and uh i really loved the sunny and share show oh and yeah. i loved it when share sang uh-huh. i love that show i loved any of the beautiful, musicals beautiful. Shows about uh, yeah him. she's she was so so magnetic so i at that time the song gypsies tramps and thieves had come out mm-hmm. and i was just every time i could you know mm-hmm. sing along i was just like yeah i'm gonna sing this song mm-hmm. and she was performing it and i could hear it in the other room yeah so i got up and turned my little tv on okay. and i was like dancing in front of the tv yeah. and then i heard my father coming down the hall uh-huh. i turned the tv off uh-huh. run to my bed pull the covers over my head yeah. and he saw me but i didn't think he saw me mm-hmm. and then i hear him back in the living room going she's just dancing in her room like <laughs> like they totally knew and yeah. back then though you couldn't get away with it because your tv monitor when you turn it off the tube would still mm-hmm. be cooling down so mm-hmm. they could see that it was it's on not totally black it's, it's not like, totally black right, it's right, like right. yeah so yeah. uh well the reason why i bring that mm-hmm. up is because uh my children yeah. are millennial yeah. So we didn't have smartphone problems until they were in their later teens. Mm-hmm. And by then we were in the same boat. We're like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to happen. And and it wasn't really an issue for us. But we did limit their screen time because we thought you're not reading enough. Yeah. And that's this the whole reason why I'm jumping into oh, this area. Right. If we're listening mm-hmm. and we're not reading and as language instructors, mm-hmm. we have been told and it's been just, you know, drilled in our head yeah. that, which by the way, I'm just going to say, there's another podcast that'll be coming up in the future here about expressions we probably shouldn't be saying anymore. And that's got to uh, be on the list. It's on the list. Drilled in your head. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, but we, it was very much explained to us that in, in education, mm-hmm. that if children are not, are not reading, mm-hmm. they're not gaining vocabulary. And that the only real way to gain vocabulary is through physically reading a book or a some type of text that that was the education that i received in college i was gonna say i know it's evolved i'm just exactly but i'm saying that we were also told Mm -hmm. that growing up yeah yeah we were i mean i was the i was the poster boy of hating reading me too um because they forced me to um teachers pushed it so the parents pushed it yep my dad it was like torture he made us go to the library and I, oh, I ended up enjoying reading, but I still don't read to this day actual books. I read articles. I read the internet. Um, but you're reading. I'm That's reading. still reading. But there was this sense that only books, I mean, this was my yes. experience. No, I only agree. Only, you know, books, textbooks, paperbacks were the only acceptable means of reading, not comic books, not magazines, multimedia they were not acceptable. And so, of course, that's what I gravitated to because I'm a visual person. Right. But I didn't feel validated in wanting that. 
Well, and I, which my whole family pretty much agrees that I was never diagnosed with ADHD as mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. I ha- and I always tell people I have, I had the big H for sure. I definitely was hyperactive as a uh-huh. kid. So uh-huh. I couldn't read. I could read when it was my turn yeah. to read in, in the circle and in, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. But I was like, always like looking how many pages ahead uh-huh. it was going to be to get to the point where I got to read. And then I just wanted to like to blaze through it and just uh-huh. show off like, I can read these big words, yeah. but I don't even know if I retain anything that I read aloud at that moment. Exactly. It was just like, exactly. Ooh, I'm just going to hyper-focus right now. I'm going to blast through these pages. You called on me. I'm going to show you my reading skills. And yeah. I, I got through most of my, uh, my schooling yeah. by hyper-focusing yeah. through tests and, and causing myself to have somewhat partial photographic memory. Oh, wow. uh, and, uh-huh. and that's how I got through things. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't sit and read and I wanted to read desperately as a kid. And I yeah. didn't understand how my fellow friends, my, you know, my peers could just sit and read mm-hmm. and w- how could they focus? And I kept, my, yeah. my brain would wander. Yes. I mean, listen to the way I speak. I can't even finish a sentence well, sometimes. We're, we're in the same boat, but I'm with ADD. So we have so much in common, but we show, we react differently. Obviously, I, I'm, I'm assuming most of, you know, you all of our great H. listeners out there <laughs> know ADHD versus ADD. Yeah, but not. it's great that we both have this, we can share some right. of our struggles. And I think that's why we became instructors, because we understood the struggle. Right? Completely, completely. Yeah. So... Because we've been told that only language acquisition in terms of vocabulary Mm -hmm. and and comprehension and contextual understanding of things has to be done through reading a book. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, how we were told that TV was going to melt our brains because they call it the idiot box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If for those of you never heard that, it was called the idiot box Um, or the boob tube. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think what else that just had all these really negative connotations. And so I was even on Saturday, Mm -hmm. I used to wake up Saturday morning, just couldn't wait for Saturday morning cartoons. Mm -hmm. It was great. And then my dad's like, okay, get dressed, get out of the house. Right. You have to be out of the house the rest of the day playing outside. Mm -hmm. But I was never pushed, which was great because it exhausted me and he knew. A lot of good things. It was really good. But he never said, okay, go read a book. Yeah. (laughs) Like Uh nobody in my house told me to go read a book but uh-huh. my mother was an avid reader okay and my father loved to read oh but they're they, modeling it. they but they didn't they didn't model it with me in the sense that they mm. they read along with me yeah when they had to okay but they never said okay go let's go read there's family time we're going to read mm-hmm. books we're going to turn the tv mm-hmm. off the tv was always on yeah and yeah. you know uh if for those of you who like bill murray ever watched scrooged Yes. And his rendition of of uh Thomas Dickens, am I saying that right? Uh a Christmas Carol. Oh, um Is Charles it? Dickens. Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I knew that was I'm saying that wrong. Charles Dickens a Christmas Carol and his version of it and how the television was his babysitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was right. that was a lot of me there. Yeah. So I loved yeah. the TV. I was like, I'm not yeah. gonna give that up. And you know, they all all those um, you know, worries and fears that's gonna rot our brain. Here we are now. Yeah. So so, so I have I have something to say about that. Okay. So I said, are podcasts a form of lazy reading? That was my next question. I decided to research. I just thought, okay, is it going to melt our brain like they, they say TV was going to? So here's what I found okay. out. It says when the radio was invented, there were probably such fears. Also, this is me saying this, and that we know that for sure that film and TV were considered bad for the same reasons by academics. Right? Mm-hmm. We we've established this. 
And yet what you were saying, I wrote, you know, the brain needs to escape. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's anxious or depressed and cannot pick a book up and stay focused enough to not read the same paragraph 20 times in a row, yeah. podcasts like radio, film and television that came before them is probably a perfect solution in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to figure out, well, is it going to make our brain lazy? So, um, and I, and I argue that podcasts actually connect people to the intention of the writer through emphasis of intonation yeah. of particular phrases. Um, and there's little room to misinterpret mm-hmm. prose because if mm-hmm. you have an author reading you their written work, yeah. not an actor interpreting mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. they're going to emphasize the word in yeah. the sentence that they want to emphasize. So mm-hmm. you will understand the intent of right. even one statement versus yeah. the entire narrative. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that's important because it, to me, it's, it's a direct primary resource, right? Yeah. When you're, when you're thinking it from a journalistic perspective, or you're thinking it from an academic research perspective, mm-hmm. if you hear an author narrate their written work, mm-hmm. there's no guessing, right? You know what they meant. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the cues that you pick up on their voices versus, right. you know, like when you emphasize a word on text, you italicize it. Yeah. And that, that doesn't always translate very well, you know, in the meaning. I no. mean, um, I, I totally get what you're saying. But then do we do we also add into this question audiobooks? So, yes. Huh? So, exactly. So I, I went into that whole yeah. arena of just listening. Yeah. And I found an article in Psychology Today uh, written or excuse me, titled Why Read When You Can Listen. And it was authored by two PhD, Ooh. yes, uh, Paula, and, and forgive me if I get this wrong, and I believe her last name is pronounced Schwanenflugel. Great job. Thank uh, you. I don't know though. I believe it's Schwanenflugel, yes. And then the other uh, doctor is Nancy Flanagan Knapp. And the doctors assert that listening and reading comprehension are similar in many ways. Mm-hmm. And they state, in their well-known simple re- a view of reading by Goen and Tumner, they assert that reading is just the combination of word identification and listening comprehension. And it is, uh, has long been known that in skilled audit readers, I can see, I can't even read, in skilled adult readers, at least, listening comprehension and reading comprehension are highly correlated. I see that. And then they go on to say a classic 1977 study Mm -hmm. found that college students who listened to short stories were able to summarize them just as well as those who had read them. Mm -hmm. And a recent research study showed similar results where adult readers comprehension of memory of a true life narrative was essentially the same whether they had read the book or listen to it as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. And it seems likely that for most stories, a lighter reading, mm-hmm. listening probably works just as well as reading. Yeah. So, you know, think about I was a liberal studies major. So mm-hmm. I had to like do a lot of reading. Yeah. And there was sometimes in one, I went to University of Washington, mm-hmm. go dogs. Mm-hmm. And um, we had each, each trimester, yeah. I had maybe. 10 books that I had to read. Okay. And, and that was a lot yeah. in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. more than a book a week, plus yeah. scholarly articles. Plus we had to research other scholarly articles that we had to defend how That's we tough. Tough. dissected been, the narrative. I would have dropped that. It was hard. <laughs> yeah. It was hard, but it was great. 
Mm-hmm. And I'd never been more engaged in my life because mm-hmm. I utilized those hyper-focusing skills and it was just in it. Yeah. But I learned how to skim read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I learned that yeah. from a professor uh-huh. that I will always be grateful for, uh, PhD Michael Goldberg. Go mm-hmm. UW. Yay. Okay. And he was a, a very good professor that reached many students, mm-hmm. adult learners. Okay. Because we had to learn how do we take all this information and be able to turn it around and give it back mm-hmm. in a way that's comprehensible. Mm-hmm. We get out what we need from it. We can look through it. And um, another professor I had, Dr. Ramon Sanchez, he was amazing also at helping people figure out how to dissect the most important okay. information. I was going to ask, they were giving you specific strategies. They were giving us strategies, mm-hmm. which is, again... Mm-hmm. Later on, what I would incorporate into my teaching. Mm-hmm. So these two PhDs, they go on to state that listening to text instead of reading it has definite advantages sometimes. The most obvious advantage is that you can listen to a recorded text while doing something else with your hands, with your eyes, and especially routine tasks like driving, washing dishes, and working out. And that's exactly what you were just talking about. Yeah. And they go on to say that this is probably the main reason both audiobooks and podcasts are quickly growing in popularity, and that 18% of Americans say they listened to at least one audiobook in the last uh, in the past year. And this this was written in 2019. So, mm-hmm. and that was they said that was up 14% since 2016, and that for the first time ever. Over 50% of Americans are listening to podcasts. So that was pre-pandemic. And it was already starting the podcast listening uh, part of this. But relating Mm -hmm. it to classrooms, I found a great little article. Okay, It says, podcasts are hailed as a great tool to use as digital storytelling Mm -hmm. in ELL classrooms. Yeah, I can see that. And both of us were ELL instructors. Mm -hmm. And uh, according to to Taylor and Francis online, they promote podcasts as active learning. Mm -hmm. And in Learning Solution magazine, they argue that by intertwining content with a story, learners are better equipped to recall information by recalling the way they felt when they learned the information. And according to the London School of Business, learners retain facts at only a rate about 5 to 10 percent. Tying these facts to images can increase retention up to 25%. However, if facts and concepts are interwoven into stories, mm-hmm. retention levels reach as high as 65 to 75%. I 100% believe that. So we are not lazy when we no. listen to podcasts. No, and it, it, it's um, referring to what I always believe storytelling is yep. also kind of personalizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're give your you have this group of facts this information and you make it not the the reason why i think it works storytelling is because when you hear a story you relate to it it's a story that you may have experienced or one night you know i snuck out of my house and and hung out with my friend and oh yeah i did that once so all the other information connected with that story I relate it to my own personal story. Right. And that's an actual strategy is per, well, what I call in language teaching, personalizing information, but that's through storytelling also. Yeah. Yeah. And so going back to your, your uh, statement that you would have dropped mm-hmm. out, you would have done it. So I went a little bit over into the other road and steered okay. my, my research into reducing anxiety about reading yeah. and what kind of 
what kind of anxiety is there mm -hmm. for people who are in an academic setting like college, mm -hmm. high school, any anywhere that they can't escape having to do the reading mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because people are not allowing them to, well, one, the book isn't on tape. Right. Uh, or, you yeah. know, it's it's not in a podcast. Mm -hmm. it's, there's mm -hmm. nowhere to be found in a digital format. So I found a place uh, off of Royal, Royal Roads University that they online, they have information about you might be feeling anxious about reading mm -hmm. where they say you just don't have enough time to read everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I always feel like I want to read everything and I, I don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. um, or I'm overwhelmed by finding the time to read lengthy academic articles. Yeah. And I think that's common yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah. And then the other anxiety is I think I am a slow reader and I need strategies to read faster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what I learned in college, how yeah. to read faster and gain what I needed to get out of there. And they suggest, they said, the fact is there are exactly 168 hours in one week since we can't make any more time magically mm -hmm. appear. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, here are some strategies you can do to help you with your busy schedule. And the first one, they says, you know, reading does take time. Make sure you account for it. And you plan for it in your week. Mm. And I, you know, you would, you would plan for anything else. So you want to plan for reading that. Another one's called the Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro, for those of you who don't know, it means, you know what it means? I forgot. Tomato in Italian. Oh, okay. It's for time management when you don't have a lot to read and you're rushed and field and distracted. And people can look up the Pomodoro mm -hmm. technique if you're interested in, in lurking. You know, there's another thing that I want to talk about more than that. Okay. Um, if you're procrastinating about doing your reading, try to figure out why you're procrastinating mm -hmm. and try to uh, actually maybe even go to the writing center at your university or your counselor or your librarian. Mm -hmm. Find out why. Mm -hmm. Don't be shy. Ask, you know, mm -hmm. I'm really not able to do this. Why am I having this issue? Right. Um, and if you are avoiding your readings or feeling anxious about them, try relaxing, right? Do meditation, yeah, try to, you know, mm -hmm. make the room calm, mm -hmm. some soothing music mm -hmm. that you can read to, yeah. uh, and that would help. And then this is the one I did want to mention and I thought was fascinating. Okay. There is an app called Cold Turkey. App called Cold Turkey. And the, the website is getcoldturkey.com. All right. What's that? And I was like, what is that about? And they have an app that you can create a distraction-free internet experience, as they say, by blocking anything from specific websites mm -hmm. and applications mm -hmm. to the entire internet with a few exceptions. Okay. And I thought, that's fabulous mm -hmm. because that's going to help people like me mm -hmm. who something shiny and bright right. pops up on your website right. and you want to just go over there yeah. or open that new tab mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote multitask. Right. And as we know, multitasking doesn't work. Yeah. So I thought, mm -hmm. um, if we can look at podcasting as a way, as not just this social media exploration, mm -hmm. right? This, Oh, look at me. I'm going to, I'm on podcasting. You know, yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not the next YouTube TikTok video, mm -hmm. but it's a way to communicate. It's a way to express. It's a way to connect. It's a way to make art and, uh, and spread information out there that the world may or may not, you know, want to tune with, but that's the beauty about podcasts. You can listen to whatever you want to listen to and you can leave out the rest. You don't right. have to be inundated, exactly. overwhelmed by exactly. information. And so I thought podcasts are not the evil thing that some people think about. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't no, see no. Yeah, anything evil. <laughs> no, no, no. There's storytelling. Yeah. 
And I was thinking also that uh, because we can connect emotionally when mm-hmm. we listen, the voice really conveys emotion. And then I also started thinking that there's probably, and I don't know this because mm-hmm. I haven't researched it, because coming from the language industry, yeah. I bet, because here we are talking about podcasts and emotive, you know, and phrasing and, and tone. Mm-hmm. What about our deaf community? Mm-hmm. So what about podcasts and deaf community? Right. I bet there exist ASL vlogs mm-hmm. and podcasts mm-hmm. where they also are signing yeah. online right. books uh-huh. Uh-huh. and people are getting the emotion because if, if no one has ever, if any of our listeners have never seen an ASL interpreter, mm-hmm. they're probably some of the most emotive people you will ever witness in your life. Right. They have such great, if, you know, facial yeah. expressions gestures. And, and gestures yeah. and movement because uh-huh. that's the language. Right. It's not like they're being over-exaggerated for a reason. Mm-hmm. The, that's how they convey emotion. That's, in, you know, how they can do this. So even if they cannot uh, listen to it in an auditory form, like uh, people who are not deaf, mm-hmm. the deaf community, I'm certain they've, they've got to have this available to them uh, where they have yeah, that opportunity. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I ran out of time before we got uh-huh. to our oh, podcast today, okay. but I, I'm going to go and look it up. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that that would be another way the act of signing would also express emotion mm-hmm. and yeah. do the same thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's probably people that are deaf who have ADHD, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and also uh, can't read a book yeah. for that same reason. Right. right and right. so, yeah, I I learned, you know, through this research that not only are podcasts not evil, mm-hmm. but I learned that they really do, I believe, they validate many people mm-hmm. that may in the past have felt that they they they're invalidated. Yeah. Does that make or, sense? Or voiceless. Or voiceless. Or, yeah. Or yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And regardless of how many listeners they have, they are voicing their thoughts and recording them. And I think that's there's some therapeutic value to that. You yeah. know, for a lot of people. And, yeah. Um, absolutely. But I'm thinking from the listener's perspective, they're yeah. they're able to listen to information like you. Like I enjoy, but there must be something wrong with me because you're listening to sports and I'm listening to murder podcasts. Right. So that's, Uh that's producer Lauren's fault though, because she turned me on to some really good murder podcasts. We'll blame Lauren. We'll blame Lauren. Uh, I'm not going to take any personal accountability. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, I like more, uh, I like podcasts that are entertaining and Mm -hmm. I like podcasts that are really, uh, grab your attention. Well, yeah, they grab my attention, but but there's topics that maybe I wouldn't necessarily listen to or read yeah. about yeah. otherwise. Uh-huh. And I think that that's really cool too, because you can go down the, the nerd trail of something very scientific. Yeah. Like I, I totally listened to something about quantum physics or, or some yeah. really cool molecular biological right. uh, topic. And I would listen to it because yeah. it, it's fascinating to hear about it, uh-huh. but I don't necessarily want to sit and read because I would, pick yeah. up my magazine of American scientific and probably fall asleep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, here's a question. Do you like the murder podcast? If you, what makes you want to listen to it more than let's say reading the news about some, you know, killing or some murder on the street with just facts? Well, because it's the same reason why I'd rather listen to, uh, Edgar Allan Poe being mm-hmm. read aloud mm-hmm. because I believe 
the spoken word for me yeah. as as an auditory mm. learner mm -hmm. and and participant here in this world. Um, I believe that it's incredibly uh, engaging, mm -hmm. and my imagination mm -hmm. is far more frightening yeah. than what I could see on on the screen. Right. But I also don't want to see those images mm -hmm. That's, because I can that makes sense. I can take my brain to yeah. a level where I'm comfortable of seeing right. gore. Yes. But I don't have to be exposed to it. It, it otherwise. Kinda, um, it goes with your mode of sensory yes. in which you're, it doesn't shock you, it doesn't repel you. Right. That makes sense. Right. Because if you talk about somebody that, that murdered somebody on, uh, you know, on a farm and they talk about, you know, the horrific way that it happened, and, uh, yeah. then, I, then I'm going to go in my brain where it happens. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to necessarily think about every single moment of that situation mm -hmm. whereas if i had to look at the pictures and i had to read it yeah. and that would be yeah. probably very overwhelming for yeah. me and yeah. and i think that that's what podcasts also yeah. do for me they kind of shelter mm -hmm. and and i think people might argue that this is a negative thing that they censor a little bit but, but i for me but, i don't know it's just about entertaining no but uh now i see how these murder podcasts really found a niche you know not just a niche but a whole population of people yeah who couldn't digest uh the topic of murder um because there was all the visuals were attached to it yeah and now they can process why people murder and and all the motives and all the mm -hmm. the, the details without being repelled that's and I think that's just that's my experience huge, that's a huge audience that's been missing out yeah and now it's now they're being served. I mean, I think so. I think I really do. I think that's my audience. But the, the same thing could be said about um, any type of popular celebrity, mm -hmm. you know, type uh, situation where you want to know more about them. Yeah. Now, I don't subscribe necessarily to many of those podcasts, but if somebody that I was interested in in mm -hmm. film and in art or politics was being interviewed, I would definitely listen for that. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love Brene Brown and she did. Mm -hmm. Uh, one on the whole Ted Lasso crew, oh, and yeah. she she says that she's their number one fan. It's very cute, uh -huh. and uh, I actually listened to that, and I was yeah. fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. And it, it was great because yeah. I was able to listen to the actors mm -hmm. talk with her about their experience, right. like I would anybody else. And it's just like if you watch Jimmy Kimmel, uh -huh. and uh -huh. he interviewed somebody. Right. But they, what I also like about podcasts, it seems like people can go more in depth. Mm -hmm. when they interview Absolutely. people yeah right and there's something about being in front of a microphone mm -hmm. that seems somehow even though they're not in front of a live audience some of the podcasts though are in front of live audiences mm -hmm. but you can be in front of a microphone in front of a group of people and it seems very intimate absolutely and the intimacy of yeah. also what creates more intimacy to me intimacy is that you don't you don't have a time limit and it allows more depth yeah. and that creates more intimacy. I yeah, think. I think so too. Yeah. But speaking of time, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're wrapping this one up. All right. Let's yeah. wrap, put a bow on it. We'll put a bow on it. And I, I hope that people understand now that podcasts are, are a good contribution to society. And in our opinion, in mm -hmm. our humble opinion mm -hmm. here on Translate This, We've That's translated right. the art of podcasting. Yeah. Podcast on podcast. Podcast on podcast. All right. Until next time, again, we are Translate like this. this.